0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, we are here, and I've got awesome news for you. We're talking NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, horse racing, golf. It's all here in this amazing sports season, even Major League Baseball as well. Updated odds for everything from live games to team matchups and more. BetOnline is your headquarters for the NBA playoffs this season. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus. How about that on your first deposit? Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.AG or your mobile device. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Hey, folks, you know what? The weather's heating up and so are the stories coming out of the sports world. We just had the NFL draft. How about the PGA Championship? Horse Racing's Triple Crown and many, many more sporting events that are absolutely major in the next few months. Every event presents opportunities for inspiration and controversy, as well as new heroes and comeback stories. Ever wonder how to get into sports journalism? Well, I started my career at St. Bonaventure University many moons ago, attending their campus long before online degrees were a thing. With our online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism, you'll in fact learn how to find and talk about the most compelling stories, no matter the sport, all from the comfort of home. An advisory committee of journalism school alums shaped this innovative program. Courses are taught by experienced professors and include master classes led by industry experts. As an SBU graduate, you join a network of fellow Bonnies, including the Post's Mike Vaccaro, and ESPN's Raina Banks. The online master of arts and sports journalism builds strong skills and ethical foundations for successful careers. Coursework emphasizes the importance of multimedia reporting and incisive storytelling. Program graduates are prepared to tell stories at the intersection of sports, gender, and race. Take the jump today. Visit SBUJournalism.com. That's SBUJournalism.com. Contact an enrollment advisor now at SBUJournalism.com. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter, back with you. All over the major platforms, download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by Burn Dairy, Welch & Company Jewelers, and Stanley Law Offices. Stanley Law Offices, together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. And I do want to throw a tip of the cap. Thank you out there as well to associate sponsors, Camilla's Golf Club, and the Al and Angus Pub. My NFL Draft single-team recaps continue right now with the Miami Dolphins. I got done with the Buffalo Bills already, and uh, definitely going to go to uh, the Dolphins next as we rip through the... through the, uh, the the AFC East here a little bit. And, you know, kind of a weird draft, right, for the Dolphins because, as we know through the years, for one reason or another, they don't have a lot of uh, picks uh, in the jar here. But, um, you know, this is a team that has been coming and coming and coming uh, for a while. Um, really, the Bills had trouble with them last year, as we know. Um, you know, it was, it, it was tough sledding against that Dolphins team. They picked up Tyree Kill. One of the big question marks marks surrounding this team, obviously, is the Tuatunga Viola health situation. A guy who probably had, you know, more than three concussions last year. Only one or two were diagnosed. Uh, The referees blew it in that game. The Dolphins blew it in that game. Total embarrassment for a league that tries to tell you about head trauma and safety. Um, Tuatunga Viola should have never been on the field after he was... um, uh, you know, after he was pushed on by Matt Milano, of course, and his head went back and smashed the turf. Um, just a completely disgusting situation with the uh, the Dolphins, and uh, they, they should have been nailed for that. There's no doubt about it. As far as their NFL draft, um, you know, they took a lot of guys who I think can be decent, but I just don't have any clue. Does that ring a bell for the NFL draft? Yeah, okay. Cam Smith is really the only guy I have a lot of knowledge on with this Dolphins team. Um, Getting him, uh, he's an SEC player, 6'1", 190 out of South Carolina. Clearly a corner they want to add him to the mix. Um, You know, when you think about it, Miami traded for Jalen Ramsey, but still kind of had some work to do. Uh, They were 27th in passing defense last year. And as we know, Xavier Howard took a major step back in 2022, signed a lucrative contract last year and turns 30 in July. Yikes. So I am not giving up on Xavier Howard, but let's face facts. Uh, Miami has got to improve that secondary. They've got to defend better. Uh, you're going up against freaking Stephon Diggs all the time. You're going up against Garrett Wilson in the division. Um, you know, you you you've got to go and 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 get corners to try and uh, slow that stuff down. Um, you know, I don't think that um, you know Crafton. Of course, he doesn't project as a long term starter. And Smith uh, did a good job. You know, he held co- opposing quarterbacks to a 21 QBR. As the primary defender since two thousand and twenty one that 's the eleventh lowest in power five, so the guy has a a really really decent skill set, and I think for miami you know they didn 't have a first round pick. I think you get a guy you definitely need and it 's a value pick as well. Good pick there for the Miami Dolphins. Meanwhile, in the third round, they take devin a chain I believe that 's how you pronounce that a running back out of texas a and m um, you know, I don't really know a lot about this guy other than an, he's an undersized burner. I mean, he runs a four three, 240. Uh, he's got an unbelievable second gear. He's a guy who's short. You know, he's a 5'9 guy, but he's a bowling ball at 195, and they really like, you know, uh, his ability. Um, and they're probably, when you think about fit, Probably isn't a better one when you look at the scheme fit in the entire draft uh, with this dude going into Mike McDaniels' offense. He's got an ability to turn uh, every touch into a big-time play. Uh, he has eyes for the end zone, and he can slash. And, uh, you know, a chain as, as as the youth in field vision, as they say, to push his way right into that RB2 spot as a rookie and even has some potential to be a starter. So when you look at the running backs for this uh, for this team, uh, you know, we know Miami, Jeff Wilson Jr., Mostert, right, Miles Gaskin. Now they add a guy uh, in Devin a chain out of Texas A&M who could really challenge and uh, and be a guy who could, you know, maybe even be a B. John Robinson type in that offense too where you hand the ball off to him, but hey, why don't you go in the slot and we'll screw with the defense a little bit. Pretty good pick there for the Dolphins considering a lot of times round three, four, five, six, seven is potential uh, in the NFL um you know I think day one starters kind of are more one two three then we kind of got to see uh what the rest of the rounds are where in the NBA it's basically okay you know your first 10 picks are your guys who are supposed to be you know major difference makers in in top five uh you know potential players in the league type of stuff uh, guys who can change your franchise around top 15 even top 20 and then everything else is potential in the NBA that's not necessarily the case. In the NFL, I mean, I think GMs and owners are looking for that starter, that day one starter, rounds one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is can I out scout you? Can I out draft you? Um, you know, can we find you know a guy who uh, is a fifth or sixth round pick, uh, and 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 ours are better than yours, right? And and if we have more that are better than yours with our scheme, our fit, our coaching, we're going to beat you. And that's kind of how the NFL works deeper into the draft. And that's what makes it so interesting and so fun and, and such a guessing game. I, I don't think there's any question uh, about that. So. Uh, the Dolphins work off of that pretty good, and, and we'll see how uh, he fits into the uh, McDaniels offense. All right, moving through here, I got two more picks. Uh, I'm going to get into wide receiver Elijah Higgins and Ryan Hayes out of Michigan here on the ML Sports Platter. It's the Dolphins NFL Draft Recap. I'm going to get into the last two next here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, Ken's Auto Detailing, Camillo's Golf Club, and Burn Dairy. ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. Big time thanks to the Allen Angus Pub. Make sure you stop by before and after all the big events in central New York. They've got the best darn Angus burger in town. A lot of other great entrees and great beers on tap as well. Before and after all the big games, Crunch Hockey, SU Lacrosse, you've got the uh, events and concerts, the Allen Angus Pub. They're doing it, and make sure to get your lunch catered. Every single week by the Allen Angus Pub, they've got it going on. Their house chips are delicious. They've got the fries. They've got the toasted ravioli as well. Their burgers are what they're known for. The Allen Angus Pub, allenanguspub.com for more gift cards available for all big occasions as well. Last two picks to jump on uh, here, Elijah Higgins. Uh, Look, I don't know anything about this dude uh, uh, and, and his time at Stanford other than, again, reading and listening to draft experts and all the rest. But what I can tell you is he is a huge Huge dude. I mean, you can really not believe what you're looking at with this guy sometimes. He's a 6'4, 245 pound wide receiver. And I think we're seeing this as kind of a trend with teams. You know, they want to go and see if they can find a Randy Moss, you know, because as the game, the passing game continues. They want to evolve with their red zone targets, their big boy targets, and go, hey, oh, by the way, you know, if we can get another guy to go up and get it, it's just another problem for the defense to have to worry about with wide receiver one, wide receiver two, you know, all the versatility. If you have these power offenses, a la Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, right, like the Rams when they won the Super Bowl type of a thing, the 49ers. Um, You know, all these teams that have got all these weapons, man, you got a 6'4", 245 pounder. And even if they come in as a rookie, you can still groom them into the overall offense. But more so, make them a major, major force once you get into the 30-yard line area, red zone area, and beyond. Elijah Higgins, that's what they're thinking here, the Dolphins, that he could be that guy. Big target, huge frame, wide, shields defenders, hands, uh, tracks the deep ball, runs after the catch. And uh, he can fly, too, when he gets in the open field. So good stuff there from the Dolphins. And then finally, Ryan Hayes, the Michigan big man, offensive tackle, 6'6", 305 pounds. He's a uh, a positional blocker for the most part, but again, another potential pick. Uh, Walls off the defender, good range, and uh, he's got a lot to work on. Uh, obviously a seventh rounder, you get that a lot. He, you know, it's quick feet for his frame and all that, but he's really not great at bending down, using the lower body to really pancake and, and, and dominate defenders and all the rest. And his hand placement really is really not good. I mean, scouts just think, you know, it, it, he needs a lot of work there. However, again, the word potential comes from a Big Ten program that's known for the line of scrimmage, Michigan, Playing on the big stage, playing at the big house, playing against Penn State, big games in Columbus, Ohio State rivalry games—you know, 110,000 people. I mean, he's one of these guys who's you know plays in, in front of more people in college than the NFL, um, at least you know the stadium. Um, nobody plays in front of more people than the NFL because of TV. But as far as stadiums go, I mean, you know, going to play in Miami, you're going to play in front of you know, 55, 60,000, sometimes 65,000, 70 and Michigan's got 108, 10, 12,000, whatever the hell it is now, you know? Penn State, you know, Ohio State. These college stadiums, many of them are way bigger than NFL places. So uh, he will not uh, be afraid of the big crowds and all the rest, but this is not anywhere near a day one starter. It's basically a seventh-round chance that he can develop into something great potential and depth along the offensive line should it pan out. It's funny because when I did the Bills draft um, last What's what's funny is that, you know, a lot of times in the seventh round, you know, there's people out there and experts who think like, oh, well, they, they're drafting him because they see him right, right, kind of, you know, here's the, here, it is a potential pick, but here's, you know, where it's going to be within, you know, week four, or week six. I don't think it's like that. I think the seventh round is such a reach in a lot of cases. And trust me, sixth and seventh round picks have worked in a lot of cases. Hello, Tom Brady, right? It's about that crapshoot. Talk, you know, it's that you just don't know what's going to happen. Rise up, rise down, you know, fall down, whatever the case may be. But the Bills, you know, they did the same thing in the seventh round with a corner in terms of Alex Austin from Oregon State that the Dolphins did with an offensive lineman. The Bills not taking an offensive tackle in the first round basically tells Spencer Brown, hey, we have confidence in you as our right tackle, right? We're not taking a guy because you're our guy. We have some depth pieces, but we don't need another person. We'd rather have, um, you know, we'd rather go to corner and add, you know, some depth in that department where the Dolphins are looking at O line. You know, the Bills went out and got Connor McGovern. They obviously drafted Osiris Torrance. They've got Ryan Bates. They have Deion Dawkins, who they think is still a franchise left tackle, even though he took, a, you know, a little mini step or two back last year. Now, not taking a tackle, all the confidence in the world in Spencer Brown. So sometimes teams there you know it's different signs, different signals for why you don't take someone late in the sixth and seventh rounds or why you do take some someone late and The bills took a corner for the reason of just let's take a chance on this guy with the depth because we like what he can bring to the table from a skill set standpoint, and the dolphins did the same thing, but in their case, they did it for the offensive line so um not an overwhelmingly impressive draft for the dolphins, but I, you know we don't know if it's awful yet either because I will tell the NFL draft, man, there is nothing quite like it in terms of the crapshoot city. And, and look, we know, we know a lot of these, uh, you know, picks that we uh, have seen in the, in the set, you know, sixth and seventh rounds. I mean, you know, there's, there's a million guys I could talk about a million of them. I could talk about, I mean, what about Terrell Davis? You know, Terrell Davis is a, a pro football hall of famer only rushed for 7,600 yards, but he had a Kofaxian career. With Denver, you know, he only played what six, seven years, but look what he did: two Super Bowl championships, Super Bowl MVP, an MVP in the league, two-time all NFL Offensive Player of the Year. You know, who would have, who would have, who would have ever thought that when he was at Long Beach State and then eventually Georgia, and he, he was the one missing piece, one missing piece that John Elway needed. He goes to Denver, bang bang, two Super Bowls later, voila, waltzes into the Hall of Fame. You know. Numbers wise, you might think Terrell Davis isn't a Hall of Famer, but he did it in a Kofaxian way. He did it in such a short time, but he dominated in such a short time like Kofax. You can't not put a guy like this in the Hall of Fame. 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001. He only played seven freaking years, man. Terrell Davis in the Hall of Fame, but he was a sixth round pick, you know, and there are a million, a million examples. I'm not going to get into them on this show. Just go Google them. You'll see them, (laughs) you know. But I think, like I said, philosophy-wise, I think 6th and 7th round picks, they're picked for... I mean, look, if nobody took a guy in the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th round and 5th round, what does that say? Not just not taking a guy, but not taking him multiple times, right? It's like, oh, well, the Patriots were finally the ones who took Tom Brady. They were smart enough to finally take him. Yeah, but they passed on him and you know, in all those rounds before that, right? They didn't see him as a day-one starter, franchise quarterback... Uh, uh, no doubt about it, sure thing, Hall of Famer. Guy who was going to win you six friggin' rings in, in New England and win one more in Tampa. They didn't see him as that. They saw him as a backup quarterback, you know, to Drew Bledsoe. They saw him as the backup. If he pans out and he succeeds Drew Bledsoe, and oh, by the way, Bledsoe got paid a $100 million contract, right? Then great. Well, it ended up working out a lot better than great. I mean, Tom Brady is arguably the greatest football player of all time. He's arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. But eventually, the Patriots had to take a chance on, well, if we take him and if it works out, it's house money, it's gravy, right? Sixth and seventh round picks are kind of like that. We really like this guy, but we're not going to take him in the second or fourth round. We're not going to burn a pick on him. But the sixth rounder or seventh rounder could end up being better than your third or second round guy or your first round guy. It's just how the cookie crumbles in the NFL. Guys are picked for different reasons in the sixth and seventh rounds. Mostly, it's a potential pick or it's a depth pick or it's a just take a chance on the guy we like his credentials we like where he came from we like the system he played in on and on and on it goes baboon and we'll see if it works that's all so there's your dolphins 2023 nfl draft recap my name is mike lindsley this is the ml sports platter it's all uh, brought to you by our great friends over at the Vince Guerra Consulting Group, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and Camillus Golf Club. Go play Camillus Golf Club today. com. Grab that membership at Camillus Golf Club. And I also want to thank associate sponsors, Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay, Bowers & Company, CPAs, and Elevate Fitness of Syracuse. Two great locations to go work out. I've got my membership. I was there swimming earlier today in DeWitt. They've got another one in Liverpool on Morgan Road. Awesome, awesome weight section. Pool. Uh, you got the hot tub and the sauna at the DeWitt location. You can take private courses and classes, uh, biking classes, aerobic classes, pickleball classes, uh, everything. You can get a pr- you know professional and personal trainer. It's all there at Elevate Fitness of Syracuse. Make sure you log on today and elevate your game in the weight room and elsewhere. Elevate Fitness of Syracuse is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. As I always tell you, enjoy the games.